Are you ready this morning? I'm excited to share my heart. I'm excited to share the truth of God's word. And I'll tell you what's really simply on my heart this morning is I want to share the gospel this morning. Especially it's like during this time of the year, the gospel seems to be so prevalent on my heart. It's like today we're celebrating Palm Sunday. How many of you knew that? It's Jesus' triumphant entry, like march into Jerusalem. But, but we know this as well. Not only is, he, is this, this triumphant march into Jerusalem, but he's actually headed towards marching towards the cross. We got Good Friday coming up church where Jesus is crucified and the next Sunday we're celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ and it's like during this time of the year it's like man what's so prevalent in my heart is like the gospel I just want to share it with you this morning and I know what some of you think you're like Wes I already know the gospel that's great I do too but I don't want to just know the gospel I want the gospel to know us Oh, like I want, I want the gospel to know me inside and out, West Springer. It's, it's a, 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 this time of the year, every year I have this one thought as we talk about Palm Sunday and we're getting ready for Good Friday. Like in order for there to be a resurrection, there has to be a crucifixion. Do you, do you see that? In order for there to be a resurrection, there was a price that had to be paid, y'all. But the opposite is also true. In order for there to be a crucifixion, there has to be a resurrection. See, one of the things I want you to see this morning is that the crucifixion and the resurrection go hand in hand. You can't have one without the other. And it's such a bummer to me that oftentimes the crucifixion eclipses the resurrection. All year long, we talk about the cross. One day of the year. We talk about the resurrection. And I'm telling you, church, if Jesus wasn't raised from the dead, then everything that he accomplished on the cross was done in complete vain. I want us to see this morning that the crucifixion and the resurrection is the full gospel of Jesus Christ. You cannot have one without the other. And it all began on a day like today, Palm Sunday. We can read about it in Matthew chapter 21, verses 1 through 11. Jesus is, Jesus is on a donkey, a colt, and he's, he's moving into Jerusalem. And all these people begin to wave palm branches. And they begin to shout things like, Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And essentially what they were saying is, hey, this is our new king. This, they're introducing the new king of Israel. And absolutely, that's true. Jesus was the king of Israel, but not necessarily in the same way that Israel was thinking and hoping and looking for. See, we can't, we got, you got to get this. See, Israel was looking for an earthly king, right? They were looking for an earthly king to rule and to reign over Israel. But how many know that Jesus is no ordinary earthly king? He's the king of kings. How many of you know that like God never intended for Jesus to come and rule and reign over us? God's intention was for Christ to be crucified, resurrected, and then to rule and reign in us and through us. Amen? 
Melanie preached this powerful word last week on being a peacemaker. And one of the things that she said was Jesus was not looking for a space and place to reign in. She said, we are the space. We are the place that Jesus rules and reigns in and through. Do you get that? Jesus was not looking for a temple made by human hands to preach and teach in. We are the temple that he preaches and teaches through. We are the peacemakers because the Prince of Peace lives inside of us. We are the light of the world because the one true light now lives in us. We are where heaven meets earth. Christ in us has changed everything. And that's why that Palm Sunday was not just this victorious entry into Jerusalem. It was this victorious march towards the Christ because Jesus is no ordinary king. Are you with me this morning? And this, the cross is where it all began. This is where the full gospel begins, but it doesn't end. Here's the gospel. Gospel means good news, and this is the good news. Christ was crucified for you. You understand that like Jesus died in your place. He died so that we wouldn't have to. Huh? John eleven twenty five 26, Jesus says, I'm the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me will live and never die. See, Jesus died so that the worst thing that could ever happen to you is that you get to live forever. Amen? Oh my gosh, that's such good news. You should be excited. If you believe in Jesus, you live and never die. This is the perfect love that cast out all the fear of man so that you never have to be afraid again because if you believe in Jesus, you will live and never die. Eternity lives inside of you. Christ was crucified for you. In order for there to be a resurrection, there had to be a crucifixion. There was, there was a, a, a deed that had to be done, a victory that had to be won. A price that had to be paid and a foundation that had to be laid. But it couldn't be laid. It couldn't be done by just anyone. Only the Son of God. You understand that we can't miss this. This is the simple yet powerful gospel. Only Jesus could have given his life up for us. And it be so powerful and so dramatic that it changed our life forever. There was only one blood that could be shed, and it was the precious blood of Jesus Christ. 1 Peter 1.18, I believe that it's my favorite of all scripture. It says we were not redeemed with perishable things such as silver or gold. We were redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And the reason that his blood is described as precious is because when the Holy Spirit overshadowed Mary, Jesus didn't receive an ordinary blood type. He received his blood type from his heavenly father. And there was precious, holy, divine blood running through the veins of Jesus Christ. It was uncontaminated and it remained holy and it remained uncontaminated because he lived a perfect life. He never sinned. Amen. That's why when we believe in Jesus with our heart and invite him into our life, man, we receive perfection. You understand that he lived your perfect life for you because you couldn't do it by yourself? He, everything that he said and everything he did was on your behalf. Perfect life lived for you. So when you receive him, perfection. That's why you get to stand before the Father as pure and holy and righteous and blameless and without fault in God's eyes because Jesus did everything on your behalf. He did all the heavy lifting. What I want you to see this morning is all we have to do is receive it. 
Some of you know about it, but you haven't received the full gospel yet. This precious blood of Jesus was the secret to it being so powerful. And so when Jesus hung on a cross, this precious, holy, uncontaminated, powerful blood accomplished way more than you and I realize. I'm still realizing it. I don't want to just know the gospel. I want it to know me. Way more happened than you and I can probably even fathom, Paul says. Like, like, do you understand that first of all, it really happened. Like real blood fell on real ground. And that real blood cleanses real sinners like you and I, but it does so much more than that. Do you understand when Jesus was hanging on the cross, his blood was shed for our salvation. Oh, in 1 Timothy 2, 4, it says, it is God's will for everyone to be saved and understand the truth. Acts 2.21, it says, Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Romans 1.16, Paul says, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power unto salvation by which we must be saved. And if you look up what that word salvation means, all throughout the New Testament, those are just three examples we'll realize that the word salvation is where we get the word sozo. And the word sozo and salvation means whole person. Oh, the blood of Jesus leaves no part of any person untouched. Are you with me? This is the full gospel. It, it begins, we, we can start here. It's the forgiveness of sins that sets our heart free that's connected to our spirit. It's the renewing of our mind. 1 Corinthians 2.16 says that we've received the mind of Christ so that we're no longer influenced by the ways of the world. We're influenced by the ways of the kingdom of God. We can think the way that Jesus thinks. So we got the forgiveness of sins. It sets our heart free and it's connected to our spirit. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is. And then we got oh, the renewing of our minds. So we're influenced by the ways of the kingdom that's connected to our soul. And then it's physical healing for our bodies that's connected to our physical being. Let me remind you of something, church. God is an inside and outside God. He not only cares about your heart, he cares about every part of who you are. God did not send his son Jesus to accomplish most everything in your life. In John 19, 30, Jesus says, it is finished. In other words, I left nothing out. Woo! He, you should be getting excited this morning. He didn't leave any part of you out. You get to be healed inside and out and round about. Your heart, your mind, your body. Jesus accomplished it all. Isn't this amazing? This is the beginning of the full gospel. It begins with the crucifixion, but it doesn't end there. And now there's the resurrection. Hey, listen, you, we, we don't talk about the resurrection enough. You have to hear this and receive this this morning. If Jesus wasn't raised from the dead, then the crucifixion is just another execution. If Jesus isn't raised, the crucifixion is just another execution. Look at me, church. There were many, many men who hung on a cross in the day of Jesus Christ. But there was only one man who was crucified. And three days later, he was resurrected. Not so that we could have a religion, but a relationship. So he could come and live inside of us. And we would never, ever be the same. 
Listen, Paul paints this picture. I realize I'm passionate this morning, but it's the gospel. I'm spitting. Do you expect anything less? We're talking about our risen Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm in love with him. I have given him my full life, and now I've gained one worth living. You want it? You can have it. He's right here because he's been raised from the dead. Look, Paul paints this really kind of awful picture of what life would be like for you and I if Jesus wasn't raised from the dead. We cannot let the cross eclipse the resurrection, you guys. We can't just celebrate this one time a year. Paul says in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, starting with verse 14 and 19, Paul says, if Jesus isn't raised from the dead, then your faith is useless. The disciples were all false witnesses. You and I are still dead in our sins. And lastly, you and I are the most pitiful of all people. Paul says, if Jesus isn't raised from the dead, you and I are to be pitied. Notice that Paul didn't say if Jesus wasn't raised from the dead, that Christianity is still a great religion with good morals and you'll have a good life. No! If Christ isn't raised from the dead, you and I are to be the most pitiful of all people. Because God never intended for you to live in a religion, but a relationship. And in order for us to have a relationship, Jesus had to be raised from the dead. You can't have a relationship with the dead just so you were wondering. Woo! It, it was always God's intention, man. Not just for us to have a good life. It was his plan for Christ to be crucified and resurrected. To live in us, to clean us up, clean us out, and make us brand new. So that we don't just experience a good life. We experience the abundant life every day of our life. So that you and I can wake up and partner with the Christ that lives in us to advance and release his kingdom. If Christ isn't alive, you don't have a purpose for being alive. Are you with me this morning? The crucifixion and resurrection go hand in hand. You can't have one without the other. Listen, if Jesus isn't raised from the dead, then everything he accomplished on the cross is just something that we know about we'll never be able to achieve. But because he's alive and well in this room this morning, it's something we get to believe and receive. You know that Jesus is the only one that has authority to forgive you of your sins. And if he's dead, he can't do that. He said, just talks about this in Luke chapter 5. Jesus looks at the paralytic man. And he, go, he goes, hey, listen, your sins are forgiven. He goes, which is easier for your sins to be forgiven or for you to pick up your mat and walk? And Jesus goes, it's all the same for me. <laughs> He's an inside and outside God. He says, your sins are for, I have the authority to forgive your sins. Now pick up your mat, boy, and go home. <laughs> this is who our King Jesus is. If he's not here, you're, sin, you're dead in your sins. But because he's here, whoa, forgiven, brand new, completely whole inside and out. If Jesus isn't raised from the dead, the Holy Spirit would have never come. Because John chapter 16, verse 7, he tells the disciples, Jesus goes, unless I go, the Spirit won't come. And the only way he could go is if he's crucified, resurrected, and then ascended. He ascended to sit on the right hand throne of the Father, but at the same time, live on the inside of you and I. And then all of a sudden, boom, the Spirit comes in power to rest on us so we can fulfill the Great Commission. 
If Jesus isn't raised from the dead, you and I will never be able to fulfill the Great Commission because the Holy Spirit would have never come. And did you know that Jesus is the one that baptizes you in the Holy Spirit and fire? If you think that you got baptized in the Spirit because someone laid hands on you, you are wrong. These hands are just vehicles. They're just conduits for the kingdom to flow through. Jesus is the one that baptizes you in the fire of the Holy Spirit. The crucifixion and the resurrection go hand in hand. You can't have one without the other. That's my evangelist. Look at me, church. I've told you what the gospel is. And now I want to tell you how you can receive it. I want to share a story with you that Reinhard Bonnke, Reinhard Bonnke used to share this story a lot when he was preaching the gospel. Reinhard Bonnke's in heaven now. He was an amazing evangelist. He was an amazing storyteller. But the story goes like this. There was an old man uh, in a village that everyone in the village revered. He was a wise old man. He had been walking with the Lord for many, many, many years. And everybody in the village, when they had a question or a problem, they would go to this old man and ask him for help or ask him what the answer was. And he always seemed to have the right answer. He always uh, seemed to like lead people in the right direction. As a matter of fact, there's testimony after testimony from everyone in this village that at some point in their life, they went to this man and asked him a question or just needed help, and he knew exactly what to say and what to do. He'd been walking with the Lord for many, many years. And there's this one spot that he hung out every day and just opened himself available just for people to come and talk to him. And then there's this little boy in the village who noticed that this old man is always right. He always seemed to have the right answer and clear direction. The little boy thought to himself, I'm going to trip this old man up once and for all. I'm going to come up with a plan. I'm going to ask him a question. He's going to be wrong. So the little boy thought of this. He says, I'm going to go out into a field, and I'm going to catch a butterfly with my hand. I'm going to hold this butterfly in my hand. I'm going to go up to this old man. I'm going to say, sir, is this butterfly in my hand alive? And if the old man says, uh, uh, no, it's not alive. I'm going to, I'm going to, or if the old man says the butterfly's not alive, I'm going to open up my hand and let the butterfly go. But if the old man says, man, no, the butterfly's alive, then I'm going to take my pinky finger and I'm going to squish the butterfly and I'm going to show him that it's dead. But either way, the old man's going to be wrong once and for all. I'm going to trip him up. And so the next day rolls around and the little boy goes out into a field he catches the butterfly, and he goes running to where that old man always said every day. And he says, sir. And the old man goes, what is it, son? And the little boy says, is this butterfly in my hand dead or alive? And the old man puts his glasses down and strokes his beard a couple of times. And he goes, son, the answer to that question is in your hands. Only you can choose whether or not this butterfly lives or dies. Church, look at me this morning. I simply came to tell you 
that the answer is in your hands. And his name is Jesus Christ. Look, look at me. His name is Jesus. He's the way. He's the truth in life. Only you can decide if right here and right now you'll be fully alive today and forevermore. No one else can choose that for you. The answer's in your hands. And it's really simple. Jesus is here this morning ready to meet you where you are for whatever you have going on in your life. Look, I understand that probably most everybody in this room, you already know Jesus. But just in case you don't, I'm here to tell you this morning, you cannot leave this building without making sure that he is your personal Lord and Savior. Are you with me? Acts 2.21, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Romans 10.10, it says if we believe in Jesus with our heart, we'll be justified. But if we confess him with our mouth, we'll be saved. Y'all look at me, church. I feel like there might be one person you've just been kind of grappling this whole salvation thing with. And I'm here to tell you, man, the answer is Jesus. You will find nothing better in your life. In the book of John chapter 15, it says, apart from Jesus, you can do no good thing. You've got to have him. He'll meet you right where you are to forgive you of all of your sins, to come storming into your life, and you will never, ever be the same. Woo! And then I understand that there's probably... Most of you already know Jesus. That's amazing. It's a good thing. But if, if, if maybe you even even say, man, I'm pursuing Jesus. But if you were to be completely honest this morning, you might say something like this. I love Jesus. I'm a Christian. But there are many, many days where I don't feel very free. And you've spent your life kind of trying to get to freedom, trying to get somewhere with God. And I'm just, I came to bring you good news. God's already got you. I came to bring you good news. It's not about what you do. It's about what's already been done. I came with good news. The answer is in your hands. The crucified and resurrected Christ is standing in front of you saying, hey, man, I got, I, I, I came to set you free from your past. All you have to do is ask. One of the main reasons I talk to believers all the time that you don't feel very free is because you're dwelling on your sins and mistakes of your past. Whether it's a mistake you made yesterday or three days ago or three years ago or 30 years ago, the enemy has done such a good job of making you think that the blood of Jesus is not enough. And I've come to put the enemy in his place this morning. The blood of Jesus is completely and utterly enough. He's ready to meet you where you are once and for all. To set you free from your past. All you have to do is ask. It's more simple than we make it out to be. It's the simple gospel. 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Huh? All you have to do, I just, I, I just confess. Somebody here this morning, man, you're dwelling on something of your past. Now, all you got to do, Jesus, I just, once and for all, I confess, I goofed up. There, there's, there's three parts. I call it the power of confession. There's three parts to this power of confession. And the first part is acknowledgement. Hey, look at me, believer. If, if you make a mistake, man, just, just bring it before Jesus. What's the problem? You're trying to hide something? You, you, 
You ashamed of it? No, Jesus is not. If we're not willing to bring it before him, we leave room for the devil to come in and make us feel guilty, shame, and condemned. And God never intended for you to feel that way for a moment. It's the power of confession. If you make a mistake, I just simply go, Jesus, I messed up. And he goes, I know. I know. It's all right. I'm right here. I, I acknowledge that I messed up. I acknowledge, God, that I did something apart from you. I acknowledge, God, that I sold myself short. Because that's what happens when we mess up. I acknowledge I sold myself short. I acknowledge that it's not even that sin's so bad. The greater revelation is that you're so good, God. And then the second part of this confession is now I agree, Jesus, with your blood. I acknowledge and now, Jesus, I agree that your blood is enough. There's nothing I can do, add to it or anything I could do to earn this forgiveness. It's a gift from you. And then the last part is just to simply receive. Do you get this? Listen, if you make a mistake, I say if because you don't have to anymore. Because the perfect one lives inside of you. And if your eyes are locked on him, sin becomes few and far between. But if you do, acknowledge Agree with the blood and simply receive. I ask you for, I thank you for, and I receive your forgiveness, Jesus. It's one thing to know that you've been forgiven. It's another thing to actually receive it. When you begin to receive it, something begins to take place in your heart. You begin to feel free. It's like, whoa, I really don't have to look back anymore. I can look forward and press on. Because the blood of Jesus really is real. Did you know that the blood of Jesus is not dried up because he's alive, his blood is alive? It's still flowing through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's so amazing. I receive your forgiveness. See, when we're willing to confess it, the power of confession, it actually allows us to step into and experience and receive what's already been done for us. See, forgiveness is actually already yours. Jesus has paid for it. And when you confess it, when you agree, when you acknowledge and you receive, something happens in your heart. You begin to experience freedom. And with forgiveness and freedom comes the revelation that not only are my sins forgiven, they're forgotten. This is how powerful the blood of Jesus is. Psalms 32.2 says, blessed is the one whose sin that God does not count against them. Psalms 103.12 says, he casts our sin as far as the east is from the west. 1 John 1.7 says, the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Romans 5.9 says, we've been justified by the blood of Jesus Christ. Hebrews 8.12 says, he forgives your sins and remembers them no more. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, out with the old and in with the new, those who belong to Christ have become a brand new creation. This is who you are. Oh my gosh, you should be more excited than that. If you don't feel very free this morning, I got good news. The answer is in your hands. Ask and you shall receive. Jesus will willingly meet you where you are and baptize you afresh in his blood. Woo! Are you happy this morning? Last invitation, you ready? Some of you need to get saved. That's where it all starts. Somebody, you, you haven't given Jesus your life yet, and it starts there. Maybe so, some of you, you, you're saved, but you don't feel very free. Jesus, the answer's in your hands. It's so easy. And our response to this forgiveness our response to what Jesus accomplished through the crucifixion and the resurrection is a life of surrender. Y'all, everybody look at me, man. It's like, I know, man. 
Because some of you are like, man, I love Jesus. I'm even pursuing him, but there's some things that ain't right in your life. I, I want, look, I want to challenge you this morning. <laughs> you, you, this is an all-surrender kind of moment that we're in as believers. This is not an all-out war. Some of you are unsure about that. Let, let me just, listen. The war's already been won. The enemy's already been defeated. This is, this is not a battle against sin or your flesh. Your flesh has already been crucified. This is not a battle against flesh or sin or the enemy or the circumstances around us. This is a battle about whether or not you and I wake up every day and surrender our life to this man named Jesus Christ. Like all in. There's no in-between halfway. It's Jesus or nothing. You want life, then you want Jesus. There's no in-between, y'all. And I'm telling you recently, man, I've just been finding myself like every day I'm all in, man. Jesus ain't looking for members of a church. He's looking for disciples. And true discipleship begins with you and I laying our life down for the one who laid down his life for us. Because we believe that what he has for us is so good. We believe that he is who he says he is. I'm telling you, you cannot afford to live less than what Jesus paid for you to have. You can't afford it anymore. You, you can't afford to keep selling yourself short. There's a, there's a verse I've been praying on the past few days that I'm going to continue. It's in Psalms 51. It says, create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Every day, God, I want a pure heart. I want a steadfast spirit. It doesn't mean that I'm deep in sin. It doesn't mean I'm living this lie. So I'm not always having to create in me a pure heart. It, no, it's this every day I wake up. God, I want you to point out anything in me that doesn't look like Jesus so that it can be adjusted so I can experience everything you dream for me to have. Created me, God. Point out if there's anything that doesn't look like Christ. If I'm being selfish, if my attitude needs to be adjusted, whatever it looks like, come on and just do it, Jesus, every day. We can't afford to live less than you. Listen, you can't afford to live a complacent Christian life. You, you, you can't afford to live a casual Christian life because also there are people around you every day that are dependent upon you to represent Jesus to them. You're a Christian, but many others around you, they aren't yet. And so by the way that you live and walk and talk and respond, it, it, it plays a role. It impacts the world around you. We're supposed to be Christians. You're not supposed to look like anybody else. You're no longer supposed to conform to the patterns of this world, but be renewed. Some of you, you're believers and you're pursuing Jesus, but you live a complacent Christian life, and the gospel depends on it. People around you, man, that are longing and looking for Christ, you have him. In Romans, it says the whole world is longing and looking for sons and daughters to manifest who Jesus is by the way that they live. Can, can we be those people? Can, can we be those people, man? Look, look I, I can't even afford to wake up today and live the same way I lived yesterday. I, like, I can't even afford to wake up today and try to think about how I lived yesterday and pick out all the good things. No, no, no. The Bible says we live from glory to glory, from faith to faith, from Jesus to Jesus. You can't afford to wake up today and live the same way you lived 
yesterday. We get to wake up every day hungry for more, ready to be completely surrendered to this man named Jesus Christ every day of our life. It ain't a sin problem, y'all. It's a surrender problem. Lastly, maybe this is the last invitation. If you need healing in your body or you're sick, man, the blood of Jesus did it. He's an inside and outside God. That's why it says in 3 John that he wants your health to prosper just as your soul does. That's why it says in Matthew 8, 17 that surely Jesus took up our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. He suffered so we wouldn't have to. 1 Peter 2, 24, he bore our sins on a tree and by his wounds we are healed. That's a physical healing right there. The blood of Jesus leaves no part of any person untouched. If you need to get saved, get saved. Don't leave without coming to me and giving your life to Jesus Christ. I'll pray with you. I'll help you. Whatever that looks like for you. Tap your neighbor on the shoulder. They're probably a Christian. Hey, I want to get saved. Can you help me? If you're already saved and you're dwelling on things of the past, I got good news. Jesus is here. All you have to do is ask. The answer is in your hands. If you're here and you haven't surrendered every last ounce of who you are, you're missing out. It's as simple as that. Hey, hey, I'm not perfect, but I've given him everything. Like all of West Springer is all of Jesus's, and I'm having the time of my life. And if you're here and you need healing in your body, I pray in Jesus' name that you be healed right now. I declare right now that the blood of Jesus is enough head to toe of your body. Whatever that sickness may be, we thank you, Jesus, that you've already won the victory. We just pray by the authority in Jesus Christ. All pain leave, sickness get out in Jesus' name. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, that every time we pray that you move, that you are more eager than even we are. In Jesus' name, let's all stand up. The crucifixion and the resurrection is the full gospel of Jesus Christ. You can't have one without the other. Jesus is alive. He's right here and right now today, ready to meet you right where you are and give you whatever it is that you need. My question is, will you let him? Will you let him? The answer is in your hands. I'm gonna pray and then I'll be up here if you need prayer this morning for anything, man. I'd love to pray with you. I'm gonna open up just the front of the altar. We'll just do a good old fashioned altar call this morning. Whatever you need, You need salvation. You need uh, freedom. You need uh, your sickness healed. Whatever it is that you need, you need surrender. Come forward this morning. God, I love you so much. I give you the honor. I give you the glory. And I give you the praise, God, for who you are and all that you've done. Thank you, God, for sending your one and only son. 
to be crucified and resurrected, to come and live on the inside of us so that we would never, ever be the same. I pray for salvation this morning. I pray for forgiveness of sins this morning, that everyone would receive it and be set free. I pray for complete surrender this morning to you, Jesus, because we believe in you and everything you pay for us to have. And I pray for healing in Jesus' name. Whatever you need to do, man, listen to this song. Spend the moment with Jesus. Don't rush out. Come forward if you need to get on your knees. I'll be here to pray with you. Jeremy's up here. Miss Siobhan's up here. Caroline's up here. Melanie's up here. Find somebody and pray with them.